Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, uh, and here with me most of the time, uh, co-host of the year, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Jay, what's up? Turn it up, man. What's up, bro? What's up? Turn it up. Um, Man, so, you know, you can listen to this podcast, Brandon, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Oh, I know. I do. I'm a you, subscriber, Jeremy. I am. Are too. you? I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm the oh, original. You're the original subscriber? Yeah, the I first? subscribed to my own. I don't know. I might not be, but I did subscribe to my own podcast. You better. Yeah, you got to. Did you rate it? Uh, I did. Five stars only? Five stars only, please. <laughs> uh, rated it, reviewed it. I yeah. share it. So if, if uh, all of you could do the same, that would be fantastic. We'd oh, appreciate now, it. Now that we got the business out of the way. Yep. I, I found it funny, man, because in the last, like, um, when I was doing the last podcast edit, I realized that every time I start talking about uh, where you can listen and to rate and review and all that stuff, you always cut me off. I know, because nobody wants to hear that crap, but... Yeah, but you gotta do you it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it, man. I just think, you know, like, it's one of those unfortunate things we have to beg people to listen to. Our I know, podcast, man. So I might as well just make it interesting and true. mess with you while you do it. That's true. I guess that's that's fun for everyone. Um, well, it's fun for somebody, and I think that's me. That's yeah. about it, dude. Pro- <laughs> probably, yeah. probably you're the one. So, Brandon, we uh, we inter- I, I know. I think we talked a few weeks ago about a study out of Italy that was uh, working on these carbon nanotubes to uh, connect the, basically to connect the break in in spinal cords so Mm -hmm. that finally find a cure for this, uh, this madness. And so I reached out to the doctor that was, that did that study or one of the main, main researchers named Laura Ballerini. Um, and she's out of uh, CISA, which is a like a research institute in in uh, in Italy. Mm. And um, she got back to me right away and said, "Yeah, I'd love to come on." The uh, the surviving well, the Live to Walk Again podcast. Thank you. Is, Thank you. We're worldwide, baby. We are. This we is are global. So she was going to have one of her uh, one of her colleagues that's working on it. It's a joint research venture in between two different uh, i forget like i think the university of trieste in in italy as well and she had it all set up and uh told me what time like it needed to be 6 p.m in rome Uh or i guess cet which is central european time okay so i just googled what time is it cet right now and it said it and so i did the calculations so what time is that here at 6 p.m CET and it said 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I was like, great. That's perfect. Google's fantastic. That's easy for me. World so I get clock. up, get up a little bit early for me. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure I'm up by 10. I get on the computer. I have like three emails from her saying, oh, at 9 a.m. Like, what? We're ready. Are you ready? Oh, oh we God, can't wait dude. any longer. You're such a failure. I know, man. I felt terrible. Wow. So, anyway, so we, uh, yeah, I, I ended up, we, we rescheduled her colleague, Mauricio, was not able to be a part of the podcast, unfortunately. 
Jeremy. Uh, I know, man. I feel like it's, it's, so it's my low. I know. Shit. It's the low moment of my uh, podcast career, Brandon. So, Did you ask her if she had ever been to the States? Please tell no, me. No, I did not. I did not use the term the States in, at any <laughs> point in this podcast. And, and I almost did one time, and I was like, nope, I'm going to say something else. I don't know. I, I switched it up on her, but... Yeah, it was uh, it was it, it was a good interview though. We had good. we had fun. Uh, I talked to her. She she's very matter of fact. Well, and, sometimes uh, people need the nuts and bolts, man. Like we're yeah. we're oftentimes effing around on this podcast, and we are we're trying we're trying to have a good time. No, we're I'm just saying like this isn't happy. like this is like both the place for a little bit of uh, brevity and the hardcore facts. Do you know what I mean? It is. It is indeed. So, I don't know if I should do the uh, the catfish story before the oh, interview. Oh, you should. Or after. You should just. I need to hear this because <laughs> you started bringing it in. Oh, and I'm man. like, hold on, before you tell me this story, let's just save it for the podcast. Okay. So, I've been trying to make a, an effort recently to reach out to other people um, in my situation with spinal cord injuries or paralysis. And you know, like this grow, grow the this brand, yeah, networking. just doing networking okay. on on social media. And so I've been getting like a ton of Facebook friend requests, and I'm always like, well, like I try to like look to see who the people are before I accept their friend requests. And um, you know, if they if it's like somebody who's friends with like ten or more people that I know, then I'm like, all right, it's probably oh, you cut it off probably at legit or maybe fifteen, whatever. Fifteen, wow. Usually anyway, I'm like. Oh, you got two? That's cool. Yeah, no, that's that's a bad that's a bad sign. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, this guy, I'm not even gonna say his name because I don't know. I still oh, don't know if he's you're legit or not. This I, yeah, I don't the, know if this guy's legit or not. Correspondence right now. But this is very this is very strange. <laughs> it's Brandon, getting redacted, okay? dude. This it's is, how this 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 <laughs> podcast is heavily heavily redacted right now for anybody that's yeah. listening. So he 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 sent me a friend request i accepted it Uh he's friends with like 10 or 12 people that i i'm friends with and i'm like okay and so he he says hey what's up are you a quad oh like what like he's gonna ride you or something like no i don't know he knows the terminology dude that's where you're like Uh, I don't like the i don't like the ride you uh i'm I'm just saying like this like a like a, a motorcycle, oh, like a, you know? Oh, gotcha, like gotcha. No, I'm just saying this guy knows the lingo. Okay. All right. So I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he yeah, says, he just, he just started a conversation. I don't even know. Like this might be the most boring podcast ever. Where it's going to be like quote by quote here. No, it's fine. Uh, so he says, what level? Oh, okay. Said, so you're thinking at this point, he's just asking like general questions about your injury right right and so i said well my injury level is c4 slash c5 but i got an experimental (laughs) drug in the hospital and so i'm probably more like a c6 like as far as functionality goes yeah and he says that's great man i work with and support quads and do weekend sporting event trips i said uh that's awesome. Where I was like, where, where? Yeah, do you what do kind this? of sports do you do? Like, what does he? He just takes them out to like. Yeah, I said, I said, that's throw cool. Throw the frisbee around or what? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I said okay. that's cool. Where are you located? And what? he says, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Are you a sports fan? 
Oh yeah, he is. I said, yeah. Now he's speaking your language, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So he sure. sucked you in because we all know that you're a sports fan. I know, man. Like that's all you got to do. Just to say, get hey, me, do you, to get uh, me hooked. Uh, it, do you anyway, like I said, yeah. Uh, he was like, yeah, I am. And he said, uh, nice. What sports are you into? I said, you know, football, so we're just, basketball, I mean, and baseball. Find this any, any but strange. I mean, well, I thought maybe he was like he saw the podcast or like thought maybe like he wanted to get his word uh, out i thought maybe he wanted to get the word out common ground right now yeah and so i said uh yeah i'm a like football baseball and basketball and like huge seattle sports fan and i said what kind of and then i said another i put another quote you should have said said, i'm a huge sounders fan i love football yeah european football but anyway that's um, what you should have said to him yeah i don't but I said, so what kind of trips do you do? Do you have a company slash website? I'm interested because I have a podcast and I like, this seems like a great thing. Like I would love to interview you for the podcast. See what, you know, what you're doing. And he says, I do it all out of pocket. I bring people to Columbus. Oh, he just does it for the love. I bring people to Columbus for weekend trips for hockey games. Everything paid for. Oh, all expense paid. Yeah. And I said, Vacay. I said, that's awesome, man. I can't believe you do all of that out of pocket. And he said, would you be interested in coming for a game? I'd love to have you. <laughs> and then I didn't, I didn't respond right away. Cause I don't like, I just don't, I turned off all my notifications. Everybody should watch uh, the social dilemma on Netflix. So I turned off all my notifications on my phone. Anyway, then he deleted a message, oh, which I I'm like, I actually think confused. you should listen to uh, the Rabbit Hole podcast by the New York Times. It's a much better elaboration on. Okay, well, the anyway, same story. we're not. I'm not trying to go down that path right now. Bro. Okay, okay, anyways. Anyway, he deleted well, he threw a, it out so there. he deleted a message at some point after that. And he edited this conversation. Yeah. So now it's even being redacted even more. Did you already? And did you already read the? No, part? I did. I didn't see because I don't have my notifications turned on, so I don't like see stuff right away. Oh, and so he said, "You able to talk still, man?" And then wrote Jeremy question mark. And I said, "Hey, sorry, I just saw this." Mess- like I saw it like four hours later. I was like, "Hey, sorry, I just saw this message. I was busy." Uh, I would love to hear some more about all of this. I'm pretty sketched out by COVID, so definitely not until this is over. So you're, he's like, yeah, you're like, I'm not getting on a plane right. to come to Columbus, but maybe I and, drive. Right. Well, and then he said, yeah, it wouldn't. Well, it's not hockey season anyway. Oh, anyway, which is weird. Back. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. He says, yeah, it wouldn't. told him we're really super excited about hockey. I'd love to come out there. Uh, anyway, he said, yeah, it wouldn't be till after COVID calms down. What's your independence like? Oh. And then, and then he wrote, uh, what more do you want to know, man? And so then he, I might, didn't maybe respond. Maybe he just needs to know, like, well, then I didn't respond how that it's night. possible for you to get there. Yeah, and I, I didn't respond that night. And he this, then the next morning he says, hey, man, how are you doing today? Can you chat some? And I wrote him back like two hours later when I saw it and said, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. At this point, Jeremy, tell me what you're thinking in this conversation. Because I'm still like trying to like gauge if he's like legitimately has a company where he's some sort of like, yeah, like a nonprofit or or something like that. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to the bottom. 
And so I said, yeah, I'm, or because he's asked how I was doing or whatever. I said, hey, I was like, yeah, I'm doing good. How about, or I didn't even say, how are you? And he said, I'm doing well also. And I said, yeah, after COVID, I would definitely be down to hear more about this and maybe come for a game. And he says, would you bring your own caregiver? I'm a caregiver and wouldn't mind helping out. Uh, you tell him I got people, bro. I don't, I don't. And then he said, it would probably save me some money, too, just trying to think of my costs. If you brought somebody yeah. out there. Or, okay. you know, if he helped, would it would save on his costs. Oh. And I said, if I come, I can definitely bring someone. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I like I already felt something was very so very getting, strange. Now you're getting kind of weird vibes yeah. going. And then he said, he "Wants you to come alone, right?" And then he says, "Would I be paying for that? Could I help you with some stuff, even if you bring a caregiver? What do you mostly need help with? If and these are three separate messages, so that was second message. If you're cool with me doing care, I'll be your caregiver for the weekend." I was like, I could pay for a caregiver to come with me if I come. And I said, my routine is pretty complicated. Uh, It would be easier for me to just bring someone with me. Thanks, though. And he put, okay, could I also help with things when you're here? Can you kind of explain your routine? Okay. And I didn't respond. And then so he said, like, tell, I, I know where this story's going already. And then he says, but, could I be taught your routine when you're here? And then he deleted another message after that. But you didn't see it. No. Redacted. Exactly. Uh, and then he says, are you able to feed yourself? And then he says, Jeremy? Question mark. <laughs> and so this after you said, I can bring my own caregiver. It's complicated. He then still he's wanted, inquiring yeah. like, hey, I'd really still like to help out though. And then right. he says something, but it gets deleted. Right. And then he's like, Jay, where are you? Right. And then what are you thinking, man, when you I'm come just back like, to this? this? Is, I'm like, I don't, I'm now, about to, I just wanted to delete this dude at this point. Okay. And then he's, I said, I just wrote did, back. Oh, tell him, hold on. Before you go, did you delete this guy yet? Not yet. Okay, good. But good. I'm going. No, like, dude, I, let's keep it going. Okay. We need more. We need we'll more. We need going. more. All right. Let's so I said, going. I was like, hey. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not on here all the time. Um, I can't feed myself. Uh, I'll just bring. <laughs> I was like, I'll just bring care. I was like, I'll bring <laughs> caregivers. You I was like, I'll bring caregivers. Exactly what you want to hear right here. Uh, and I was like, I-, I can bring caregivers with me. We can discuss it more after COVID is over. Because I'm just like, quit fucking messaging yeah, me, right? Yeah. And he put, could I be in charge of feeding you, Jeremy? And I didn't fucking respond. You haven't responded And then he yet. put a question mark. And then he wrote again today. That was yesterday. Then he wrote again today, Jeremy, could I feed you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I don't know what. The, Jay, this is so weird, man. So this clearly this guy has some sort of like fetish. With like being, I really a, hope like he's just like. I really hope he's just like an awkward guy and like really wants to help people. We are, need, like, we need to get like some investigative podcasts on the case on this because <laughs> For real. we need. Where's Neve from Catfish? Where's the Where's the reply all Gimlet dudes? Like, yeah, this we is need, strange. We need to know who this guy is. I feel like is, we do, what does his Facebook profile look like? Is it is there multiple pictures? He's like a pictures? sports betting guy. Is there like, multiple pictures? Yeah. 
So it's like a legit profile. You it think. seemed like it. I think. I don't know. I didn't go Does that deep, but I like made sure. Like he has a video. He has deep. videos on there of him like talking about like who to bet on in the World Series, and uh-huh. this. So I'm like, oh, this guy must be like a like big sports fan or something. Like wants to like so do good in the world. He just has a thing. We'll call it a thing. J for. Hey male man, if anybody qual- wants to. Dude, I don't know, man. It's in the, strange. In the uh, more. <laughs> I'm the feeling. More unable, I'm feeling very, the better. Yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling very awkward now. I feel so, like. I feel like we need to get to this. Like, I feel bad for Laura Ballerini for sorry even being on this episode. This, this um, is just. It's very strange. Well, I need you. But we'll move on from this now. But we'll. We need you to. I need you to play this out just a little bit longer, Jeremy. Because oh, this man. is content. This is the shit people are here for. It might be, man. Okay. I don't know. This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I, it's, this is what I'm here for, man. So I need another story next week. You need oh, to tell man. me more like okay. what this guy's saying. Yeah. I'm not saying lead him on. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. Oh, man. I'm about oh. to start an OnlyFans. It's just me eating. Dude. Anyway, all right, let's get to thought? let's get to Laura Ballerini. We'll talk to you guys on the other side. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are blessed to be able to speak with Laura Ballerini, who is a neurophysiologist from CISA in Italy. Laura, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for for joining the podcast. Well, it's a pleasure, you know. Thank you to you for your interest in our work. Yeah, no, I, you know, I read an article um, on, on, I have a Google alert set to uh, send me any spinal cord injury research updates. And I've gotten a couple from, from the work that you've been, been uh, doing. And so I wanted, you know, kind of have you come on and explain that. And I know, I guess, basically the new, the, the article I read talks about that um, you're using carbon nanotubes, I guess, to recon- try to reconnect the the signals from the uh, damaged spinal cord. So can you explain a little bit about what what you're all doing over there? Sure. Um, Carbon nanotubes are nanomaterials which has uh, uh, peculiar properties which have been used in the last uh, 15 years maybe to develop devices for implantable devices in neurology and other uh, applications as biomaterials. They are applied in the industry and in a lot of other things. They are small nanotubes, they are in the dimension of uh, um, one to 10,000 a, a hair, to say, uh, to give you an idea. And they, have, uh, they are highly conductive, flexible, strong, and so on. And they are carbon-based. Uh, together with uh, Maurizio Prato, who's a chemistry we are collaborating since uh, 15 years, we've been developing the ability of, uh, to cultivate neurons on these materials. And by different in vitro models, so they are Uh, artificial systems. We have observed the ability of neurons to grow um, in in, in combination, let's say, with the materials. So they develop peculiar properties. And what we observe, neurons develop peculiar properties and they give rise to a sort of hybrid structure. Now, what we have observed is that neurons co-opt the materials somehow to improve their ability to generate axons and synapses and network activity. So we have thought that this might be a useful scaffold to improve uh, nerve fibers regeneration. 
in various system models. We have tested in vitro in several models, and then we decided to challenge with the, a model of a spinal cord injury, which is um, a, a partial lesion, an section, which is an experimental model in small mammals in, uh, in rodents, and to implant the scaffold in the lesion and see whether the ability we observe in vitro to promote axon regeneration was maintained in vivo, although in an experimental conditions. So it's basic science. Yeah, that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. What you know, so I guess when did you start using the carbon nanotubes and what how are the carbon nanotubes made more or less and before they're implanted? So the carbon nanotubes in this case that we have used uh, now in, in these uh, latest experiments are a sort of sponge, a three-dimensional scaffold, which is done of self-sustained uh, multi-wall carbon nanotubes of, uh, they're, they're long, long microns, let's say, but the dimension in terms of thickness remains below 100 nanometers. So that's why they're still in the nano area, let's say, uh, of dimension. And these are sponges. Imagine a sponge with porosities of microns with these structures like a skeleton, which is self-sustained that can be compressed and adapted to compression and is highly electrically conductive and it is ultimately biocompatible. So with this three-dimensional structure, we could uh, trim a, a, a part of the material, a sponge, of the dimension of the lesion and implant it into the lesion. In the same moment, we perform the surgical lesion, which is again a, an experimental setting, but is the only one you can use to start testing the material. So contextual to the lesion, we implanted the material, okay? And then uh, the animal was left uh, recovering for up to six months. Okay, and so when you go in, are you know, are you cleaning up scar tissue at the same time? Is that what you're saying? That you, I mean, no, the problem is that when we implant, there is not a scar because we have done the lesion exactly in that moment. Oh, I, so I, I see what you're saying. Okay. The setting is done um, not to investigate the pathology of the lesion, let's say, but to investigate the ability to regenerate and is an experimental setting which is well known for that reason. So it's targeting only one question. Okay. I don't know if that is clear to you, okay? Right. So the first step you may be willing to do to test the biocompatibility in the long term, if there is a foreign body reaction, the moment you put the material, and then to test whether it promotes, the scaffold promotes a higher regeneration of fibers, and third point, whether this regeneration of fibers is ultimately connected to a recovery of function. So, you know, I, I, so I've had a spinal cord injury for over just over 20 years now, you know, talk about a, a little bit about, I, I know you've mentioned scaffolding a couple of times and that seems like, you know, over like the last 10 or 15 years that that's been a, a lot more of the focus of, of just in general of spinal cord research, uh, spinal cord injury research and things like that. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of having a regenerative scaffolding for treating spinal cord injuries? Yeah, the importance might be related to the fact that uh, in, the, in the use of this material, we, we use, we uh, somehow exploited the material properties. That is, there are no growth factors, there are no drugs linked to the scaffold. There might be, huh? this might be designed in the future, but at the moment there are no. Uh, there are no stem cells. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, 
the novelty is related to the fact that by manipulating the um, tissue microenvironment of the lesion, we have done that with this material, but could be a more general principle, changing the mechanical property of the um, lesion tissue and the electrical properties, we could uh, govern somehow and increase regenerative ability, which is possessed by uh, those uh, fibers, but in a limited fashion. I don't know if I answer your question. Yeah. This means that there's a lot of approaches in terms of regeneration, which might be related to uh, stem cell approaches, for example, in tissue engineering or things like that. What we find out is that by means of changing the mechanical features of the microenvironment, we could provoke a reaction. So this might be an, an, say, an, a sort of starting of new uh, way to look at the lesion tissue. Okay, yeah, that's very, very interesting. You know what, so again, you know, dealing with a long-term spinal cord injury, you know, and, and I know you, you said more or less that you, you're not, like you're just doing it to see what the reaction is at this point. Um, you know, you do the, the lesion at the same time as, as you implant these carbon nanotubes. Is this something that's going to be eventually be a useful tool for people dealing with long-term spinal cord injuries as well? Um, I, I really cannot answer this because um, is it is a completely different uh, condition at the very end. The point is, uh, and I'm you know as a background, I'm 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 a biophysicist and a neurophysiologist, but as a background, I'm a medical doctor, so I'm I'm used to tell it clear. I'm doing basic research, so to translate it into clinics is something completely different. But in my view, it might well be some neurosurgeon or neurologist which are dealing uh, with a clinical part of lesion might got the idea that changes in the um, me mechanical properties of the extracellular matrix of a lesion will be obtainable not with implanting a scaffold but by other means might be a strategy um, uh, as an observation you know that what uh, I think might be relevant then to translate our observation into something meaningful clinically it's much more difficult it takes more complex model like primates and thinking in a in you know in a completely different manner which is not what we are doing. So um, I know this uh, will disappoint you, but this is the, the point of basic research, is uh, somehow uh, promoting new developments and ideas, but then this has to be taken by, by other uh, studies which are not there at the moment. Right, no, I mean, and, and no, it's not disappointing. I mean, I feel like every step forward in, in this, this field is, is a huge step for everyone, so. Yeah, and it's great. It's great what you guys are doing. So I know you um, had mentioned that you're, you're testing now on small animals um, or small mammals, I should say. Um, it, or have there been any uh, rejection issues with the, the carbon nanotube after you implant them? No. Um, we, I mean, for these small mammals, six months is a huge amount of time, you know. We're talking about small rats. So... Um, um, and uh, most of the studies are usually between well, maybe one or two months. So six is a long time. And, uh, and, uh, in these, and also consider that the animals are moving. So the implant within the cord, uh, whether it moves together with the cords or it will create an even larger lesion due to mechanical mismatch. So we never observed 
the formation of a cystis whenever surrounding the, the implant or of uh, a glial reactivity, you know, a, a scar, and we never observed uh, the recruitment of macrophages or cells which are at the forefront of the immune defense in, uh, in animals, which might be reactive against these materials. This never occurred in all the animals we have been implanting. So I'm quite confident to say that there is no foreign body reaction not in these animals. On the other hand, we had a less um, acute uh, reactivity to the lesion. That means that uh, we observe a, a better performance in terms of matter recovery also during the first week upon implantation. Of course, in one week, there cannot be regeneration. You have to wait three, four weeks or one month. So this uh, better behavior cannot be related to the neural part, but it has to be related to compensating for edema or mechanical uh, reasons or less inflammation in that case. But actually, this is an interpretation. We cannot, we cannot demonstrate that now because I was not looking to the activity uh, to the tissue after one week or two weeks. So I don't know. I only know that the behavior was better for the, for the animal. Uh, I don't know if that is clear. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Not easy. I'm, I'm used to show picture and graphs, so it's not easy to answer. By right. Talking. I can, and, I can uh, understand, yeah. Um, you know, so when you're doing, you know, you're, you're initially, you know, causing a spinal cord injury to the rat, implanting these carbon nanotubes and then I, I know you just mentioned it, you don't see any regeneration for a few weeks like how much regeneration are you seeing at the end of like the six months that you you had mentioned earlier so i'm uh, in in a quantitative term uh in the absence of the implant uh there is no um, regeneration crossing the gap of the lesion um, you might be aware that in small mammals there is a lot of plasticity going on. So maybe there are fibers detouring surrounding the lesion, which are regrowing in a chaotic manner, but then where there is the cystis is empty. While in the implanted animals, the sponge of material is completely filled with fibers which are regrowing. So the difference is that, that there is a loss of fibers at the site of lesion which is more than 60 percentage in the lesion animal without the implant and is below 10 percentage when you have the implant so there is a huge difference wow yeah that's yeah. that's very exciting um, yeah it was impressive yeah absolutely so when um yeah i know you had mentioned that you i guess the next eventually you'll start testing on primates and then you know what what I don't really understand how, um, obviously there's a lot of hoops to jump through when, when you're testing on animals before you can get to humans. Like what, I mean, what's the time frame? do you feel like before human testing will, will be able to take place? Again, I cannot answer because it's not my job that. What I, what I may say, even working on primate, I would never be allowed to here in Italy for the regulations we have. So it would be very hard. Not for my lab is is not, you know, we can't do it and that's it. But what we could do on small mammals is, for example, to start testing 
uh, implanting a different time post lesion, for example, which is a point. Now we have done contextually. What happens if we do the surgery at four months and we implant the animal after four months? This could provide insight and information uh, quite useful. Uh, it would be, again, a long-term research. To, you can imagine that for this work we have been publishing now, we have been working, I think, four to five years uh, minimum. Okay. So it, it takes always a long time, you know. Yeah, no, that, that completely You makes need to have controls and a lot of other things. Right. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, and so how, uh, I guess, how I wanted to ask you also how the, the pandemic, I know Italy was hit really, uh, really hard by the, by the pandemic earlier this year. Yeah. And obviously, it's still going on. How did that affect your, re your research, being able to be in the lab, um, all of those sorts of things? Well, it's been a nightmare. Although here in this area of Italy uh, was not hitting that, that strong as in uh, Milano and Lombardia, I mean, these other unfortunately famous area. Um, right. However, with the lockdown, we were out from, of the lab from end of February until beginning of May. And then we need, we can't, and you know, then it's not like, it's not like a lamp that you switch it on and starts again. A lab, it takes weeks before it's running again, once you have been abruptly interrupting everything. And then we were allowed to the lab with, uh, in small numbers and all was really very hard. Uh, it was good for us that uh, we had finished the experimental part of this work and we had some experiments ongoing when we were locked down, but we could uh, monitor them and use them to respond to the reviewers of the paper. Um, otherwise, it, I mean, at the moment, we still haven't restarted doing experiments in vivo in the animals. We are still waiting to have the condition for. So the, the lockdown has been really a mess. It's been a mess also for the ongoing research, for the career of younger people, because I have postdocs and PhD students which were unable to move to their next job or stepping career. So I've been, using, I've been using all the grants I have to provide salaries, and I don't care if they were at home. I mean, this is the only way, and I'm trying to prolong them to, to be, you know, our, our work and our career is based on moving from one lab to, end, to the other. The moment you are stuck here, it's a mess. So it's a, it's a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. But I mean, I'm glad you, you've been able to be back um, in the lab and doing, doing this important yeah. work um, for the last few months. Um, you know, so I guess it kind of in closing, and I know full disclosure, I, I can't tell time very well. So um, I missed our, our, uh, our meeting last week that we were gonna record with your uh, research partner, I guess, Mauricio Prato. Yeah who's a chemist yeah. from the University of Trieste. Um, right. You know, I, I, where do you see this going over the next, you know, four or five years? Laura, I know I'm asking you to be a prognosticator here, but, um, you know, if you can, like, what, what, what are your guys' next steps um, for the research study and, and where does everything go from here? So I think that, uh, as I mentioned before, we might have several plans to put it forward in terms of assessing uh, 
for example, whether this uh, material works, even if it is implanted after the lesion, if it is implanted at different times and, to, and it is tolerated in the similar fashion using the very same model. So to keep it in a very uh, simple manner. Uh, on the other hand, I really hope this will be taken as an inspiration by groups which maybe work more towards clinical translatable things and might uh, got the idea how to tune it into their own hand as in a, um, in, in a more uh, clinical wise approach, uh, which I repeat is not, is not our ones. And I, I'm not telling that, the, that this material will be the one, I'm telling that the principle we're working on of uh, applying a sort of physical rules to regeneration, the physics of regeneration, let's say, uh, might be a, a, a successful one. Well, we'll be wishing you uh, all the luck we can from, from over here. And you know, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day uh, to come on and, and let us know about, about this research study. I, I thought it was very exciting when I read it. I'm even more excited now. So um, yeah, thank you for, for everything you're doing, Laura. Jeremy, thank you very much for your interest in our work. It was great talking to you. And uh, I think with a really good chance, and I, I hope we'll keep in touch. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Ciao, Jeremy. All right. Thank you to Laura Ballerini for taking some time out of her busy schedule all the way from Italy. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, we're the worldwide phenomenon, Brandon. Well, you know, like our, like I said, our goal in all seriousness is to find a cure for paralysis. So this podcast is about, but... I think that this the research that all these people are doing across the world is just imperative. It really we is. We need to find ways to merge these people together, to connect the dots, to find the missing link. Um, and right. these people are, are taking it head on. Yeah, I mean, I was a little disappointed that, uh, you know, her... I guess their study is not really geared. It's just like geared towards new injuries as opposed to, um, you know, like chronic injuries like myself and and many others. That's going to disappoint you, Jay. But, you know, she said at the same time, like, it could be be useful. So, Jay, man, we're only here on the surf for, if we're lucky, what, 100 years if you're really lucky? Yeah. And who knows what happens afterwards. That's not for us to debate on this podcast, right? That's not for us to debate on this podcast. Right. Um, I know that you will walk again. But if the first part of that is other people walking first, Jay. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm We're here for it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because there's always a start. To where this happens, man. And there is. I mean, you could only imagine if they can figure out how to do it with new injuries. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, I mean, and she said that. Like, she doesn't know. Like, that's not her focus. So she's like, they like people could definitely use this for yeah other other uh, uses down the road. You know? Hell yeah. There's uh there's the possibilities are endless. So. That's right. Yeah, man. So um, I'm feeling a little. A little fragile now, Brandon. After you've been violated, after the story. like I do feel a little violated. I don't, and I don't know what the hell's going on. 
Um, we're gonna I'm update, here for that. We're gonna. That's what we're I'm updating for. this. We're, we're <laughs> gonna. We're gonna update this story <laughs> as it as it progresses. Ask him how much money he's got. Yeah, I should, man. I mean, I'll, if he just wants to feed like, you, I'm, Jay, like, what's the problem? That's fucking weird, bro. What's the problem? I'm, uh, you know, I Brandon looked on his Facebook page, and I'm pretty sure it said he like works at a school or for a school district or something. Uh. So. Like that's why I was like maybe he's not. That's why I don't want to like put his name out there and like, yeah, have this dude get harassed for being you don't a dox him, huh? weirdo, man. But at the same time, like that's really it's a strange, strange fruit. Yeah, that's fallen off the tree into your cell phone right now, <laughs> and you took a little bite and oh got a little God. taste, and now we need more. Yeah, we need more. <laughs> Let's bake something up, buddy. All right, man. All right. I'll work on it. I'll see what we can get before the next episode. I'm going to see if I can get some money uh, transferred to my bank account or now, something. Now, hey, <laughs> you know what? Like, maybe he just wants to send... Hey, let's... Maybe he just wants me to take a few videos of me feeding you, and we'll just send them over. Yeah. I can Would you like him. that? Would you like those videos, <laughs> sir, on the other end? How much is it worth to you? Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, this is it's a weird it's world. It's a weird this world is, we live this in. This is by far the best podcast we've ever had, Jeremy. It might be. It might and be. And I don't care right now what anybody else says. Oh man. It's very And I'm so happy that I didn't get to hear this story prior to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I gotta save the uh, all the don't juicy tell me anything. all the juicy details for yeah. the podcast. All right. Well, uh, you know, next week we have a great, great guest named Samantha Twining who Yes. Um, Hopefully, is, Samantha, you're um, listening to this podcast right now. And yeah, don't get and uh, don't get scared don't get if 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 part two of the saga continues. It'll uh, be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be fine. Anyway, Samantha is uh, trying to get uh, boxing into the oh, Paralympics. Yeah, like she's uh she boxes like that's what she does for yes. Her workouts, I remember like it's I great. spoke with her on Twitter before. Yeah, yeah. So she's awesome, and she's also doing yes. a lot for uh, um, accessible housing in and around uh, that's where Philadelphia. Sat, so like that, and she's doing great things. Like I think I told her she should run for uh, run for Some public office, of, yeah. man, like yeah. city council, or, or she needs to be Congress at least like working um, like alongside uh, somebody that's in public office, yeah. like uh, advising them. It, as to like uh, ways that they they can be of service to the disabled community. Well, yeah, Which, and she we said had she's... Michael Stedman on right. the podcast really opened my eyes um, to thinking about some things that you could do in the community yeah. and that you were kind of like thinking about in your head. Um, Absolutely, and she, you know Samantha, like she's reached out, like she's done like the dirty work to try to get this like a bill. Like she basically wrote a bill to try to get passed by the I don't know if it was by the legislature in Pennsylvania for housing for housing and like they just are not helping her in any way like they're not like following up of course with her not. like it's just crazy man of course so, not um, but that's yeah, why no, we talk about man this, right. this politicians are uh, they're politicians yeah so anyway we got Samantha on the next uh, episode it's really a good one we, we talked for wait. quite a while so can't wait um, yeah we'll talk to you all next week and uh, have a good update on the catfish cheers <laughs>